From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project Podcast, episode 243. I'm Brad Robinson. Today, I'm talking about lessons that changed the way I think, not only internally about myself, but the world around me. This morning, I caught something really interesting while I was watching baseball. And baseball is something I really enjoy. It's the only sport I really enjoy. And one of the players was up to bat. And the player swung at a pitch he knew he shouldn't have swung at. And he got upset. You know, he slammed the bat onto the field and he stormed off into the dugout and he was just fuming. But then when the inning was over, the team was out in the field and he playing uh, shortstop, he was out there and he was just fuming. You know, he was just, he was pacing back and forth before the pitcher was ready to go. He was pacing and you can see him mumbling to himself. And then something interesting happened. The, the opposing team was up to bat. He, they hit the ball his direction. He's about to pick it up. He's about to scoop the ball up, but he fumbles it. And he was unable to make the play to first base. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a really great example of somebody carrying around their baggage and they can't seem to let it go. And how their baggage bleeds out and impacts other areas of their life. Now imagine somebody in your family that you know, you can relate to this, I'm sure a friend, family member, they come to a gathering and they're just spouting off, they're projecting all of their baggage, they're just carrying it around and it's affecting the people around them, it's affecting you listening to them and they are unaware of the effect right? They're, they're spouting, they're, they're, it's, it's, they're, they're unaware of the fact that they can't read the situation and the situation is turning sour real, real quick because of what they are saying. And we always hold on to these things. God knows how much the torment from what's happening at work bleeds out into our family lives, bleeds out in how we talk to our kids or our, our husbands and wives, God knows how much that bleeds out into your friendships. And if we don't, let this go and become conscious of the root, then who knows how much that can take over your life. And I thought that was really interesting to see uh, when I, while I was watching it. I thought that's a great lesson. And um, I think that's the first lesson today. But then the second lesson I want to get into is subjecting yourself to information and wisdom above your current understanding. Now, this is really important because when I was going through my anxiety recovery, I had a hard time understanding the lessons and fully getting a grasp of the lessons my mentors were telling me. Now, because I was living in a very narrow-minded state for a long time. And so, while I was building a structure 
from the wisdom of my coach and mentors, I realized that this was a huge eye-opening moment for me. That just by subjecting myself to their wisdom, I was unconsciously absorbing it. So even if you're having a hard time understanding, just ease off on the brakes and trust in your unconscious mind that you're absorbing it and that, you know what, you might have to listen to it 10, 20, 30 times to fully grasp it, but understand that you're a student, that you're starting from square one, you're in a field that, well, it's new to you. And so to a degree, it's actually also difficult to comprehend the information if your anxiety level is at a level 10. So I, I, I there was a study that showed that kids who were stressed doing an exam were way less likely to do good than the kids who were calm and relaxed going into the exam because it's easier to call upon reserved memory when you're relaxed than when you're stressed it's difficult because the cognitive brain becomes compromised when your amygdala takes over because it's preparing you for perceived danger. It doesn't have the capacity at this point to store that information. It's in a different state. And it's in this very primitive state. It's a state of hyper-awareness that everything needs to be relevant right now because there's a perceived danger and I have to respond accordingly to that danger. So here we go, like pay attention right now. And it's hard to get a grip because the mind starts to go on overdrive and you start to pay attention to, you start to pay attention to how much you're unable to get a grip over the situation because that's what anxiety does. It, 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 uh, it takes over and you feel like you're out of control. And then people go, oh my God, why ain't I in control? Why can't I get a grip over my thoughts? A lot of my clients come to me thinking that way. They say, Brad, I, I can't seem to re- retain information. I feel like I'm so forgetful. I feel like, um, you know, I, I don't know what I'm saying sometimes. And I'm like, that makes sense if your anxiety is high on a regular basis. Totally makes sense to me. And I was in the same boat. But remember, if you're listening and you are in anxiety mode and you're having a hard time to grasp every little thing I'm saying, hey, ease off on the break a little bit. Trust in your unconscious mind. The fact that you're here listening is a sign. Your unconscious is actually going to understand you in a lot of ways. Your unconscious is going to say, hey, this is what you value because you're listening to it. You may not understand it, but you're absorbing it. And something might resonate with you out of the depths of the conversation more than something else will. And then the next time you listen to it, something else will rise up and click and other things won't rise up. And then things rise up all the time the more you listen to things and the more you progress forward into the field of uncertainty and into wisdom that is above your understanding takes a long time to grasp these things it's taking me it's taking me 
forever because I'm always learning all the time. New things are popping up regularly. And to up until this point, it's taken me years just to get a grip over a lot of things of not only myself, but the world around me. It's, it's, it's a forever adventure. So having a vague North Star to move towards provided me with much meaning to get up in the morning. And I had resources. I found resources that helped facilitate my growth to overcoming the suffering I was engulfed in. Now, this is really huge for somebody with anxiety because there's so much disorder, they need a structure. And when they are adopting a structure, it brings a lot of meaning. And, you know, later I found out from Jordan Peterson that meaning comes to a lot of people when they decide to bear responsibility. And I thought, man, I discovered that early on in my recovery when I decided to bear the load of my suffering because we are load-bearing creatures after all. We need a load. We need something to strive towards. We need a North Star. We need optimal challenge on a regular basis because without that optimal challenge, we are going to resort to external means that we perceive as meaningful, but not, but they do not facilitate any real growth whatsoever and meaning whatsoever. And by engaging in these external means to numb, soothe, and distract you, they actually build on your weaker identity. Because when real challenges life throws your way because the snakes always get into the garden of Eden, no matter how walled up you make the garden, it, the snakes always get in and you won't be prepared. If you're sitting around playing video games, you won't be prepared. If you're smoking weed and just chilling all the time, listening to the music, eating junk food, uh, you, the, the elements, those elements will cave in on themselves and you won't survive it when it does so open your eyes pay attention because maybe the fact that you're reliant upon these external means is because there is no optimal challenge there's no meaning a lot of my clients who overcome Things like porn addiction, uh, weed addiction. You can see it in their face that they can't even believe that they themselves were able to conquer the dragon. I see it all the time when people face their panic attacks and they say to me, well, I can't even believe I was in that situation. Panic took over and I, I survived. I didn't run away. I didn't call my family. I didn't turn to medication or drugs or anything like that. I just faced my fears and I discovered a new side of myself that was dormant. And I say to them, oh, yeah, that's that potential that is unrealized. And we have so much of it. God knows how much is there. But here's the thing. 
those that st- that stand on the edge of their capabilities activate exploratory circuits in the brain rather than fear circuits. Now, those fear circuits only enhance the power the more you avoid those situations. Now, those fear circuits really enhance quickly. And when you avoid situations, they can be mentally or and or physically you create this you shrink your world down ever so smaller much more smaller and that's a big thing to understand but the next lesson i want to get into is this internal voice inside the mind now this internal voice is like fire it can burn you if you are underdeveloped in handling fire, or it can be your best friend. It can cook your food. It can provide you with warmth, protection. But if you are a grade one student with fire, it's going to burn you many, many times until you can get a grip over it. And that is this internal voice. But I used to react reflexively to this voice as if it was me. And it doesn't have to be you because in some sense it is you, but it's also culture, your family, friends, society. You don't even know who you are. It's this voice of culture and so to separate yourself from culture is to build on this independent identity to move out into the unknown and progress in in that way because there's so much more you don't understand and there's so little you actually do understand so if you hold on to what you already understand there's no room for anything new that you can incorporate into your personality and into your life and then you only build up walls and you only stick to what's familiar and you, and people get bored with with what's familiar and it always collapses in on itself okay so So for this voice, an example of this is I used to think that I was this weak, ugly, unintelligent guy. And I also reacted to the thoughts of the voice telling me that all your family's going to die and, you know, negative things about death and uh, life. And you entertain that voice, you start to shake your fist up into the heavens and curse the nature of existence because, and that's when you collapse into your own tyranny, right? When you start to think that, well, my way of being is just, there's no other way of acting than this way. And, you know, you're just, 
you're just hoping that things will get better naturally, but they just don't. And so you think that's just the reality of my situation. Like things are supposed to get better for me and they're not. But, you know, things only get better for people when you actually decide to take on responsibility and to progress in some sort of direction and to learn and grow in ways that are unfamiliar to you. So I learned for me that the voice isn't just me, but it's my culture, it's the people around me. So how do you build on this new voice? Because it's so reflexive at this point. You're just like thinking, oh God, you know, I'm weak and pathetic and I'm this and I'm that and I'm anxious and there's no way I'm going to change and and life's cruel. I'm dealt a bad hand my whole life and I'm just a, a sucker. I'm I'm a loser and you get caught up in that and it becomes your identity. And I see it with people all the time and it's startling how far I can get. And it was far for me, but then I decided to shift this internal structure And that required me to act in a different way in order to shift it. So acting in a different way is way better than information because you have to create it and then be it. You can't be it just by the thought of it. You can't be it just by the affirmations alone. You have to act out the person you want to be. You have to create this identity. Who are your role models? I put up a vision board in my room of all of the people I want to be like. And I'm like, well, what what, what qualities inhabit this person? What qualities inhabit this person? What qualities inhabit this person? What, what, What do I admire about this? Because I don't want to walk down the path of Cain in the Cain and Abel story. Because Cain, he starts to brood on his insufficiencies and he starts to he starts to curse the people, well, the only person that's better than him, well, that's Abel, right? His brother who's being favored by God because he's making the right sacrifices and Cain, who's making insufficient sacrifices, he, instead of looking towards Abel and going, well, what are you doing that's making things work out for you? He doesn't do that. He, he says, well, you know, I, he starts to hate him. He looks at him at afar and he's like, look at that guy who's getting everything. And he starts to entertain his own narrow-mindedness rather than expand on what he already knows. And it's a dangerous business entertaining that narrow mind because... I mean, like, what do you know? Maybe you're not doing enough. Maybe the reason why life is not favoring you is because your sacrifices are insufficient and that you need to look towards them and figure it out. I mean, hey, you're clearly not doing something here that's that's working. So that requires you to do some analysis, some self-reflection, but you have to create it and then be it. So act out the behaviors of the person you want to be. And as you do the habits, this is really important as well, there will be that voice coming up and it'll it'll be telling you, hey, who do you think you are doing this? You're not going to do this for long. 
You're going to quit like always. You're a loser. F it. F it. And then, yeah, you will stumble back into your old ways of being because that voice is like that father figure or that relative who's, you know, who's sitting on the couch smoking a cigarette. And then you decide to, Hey, I want to, I'm going to clean up my room. I'm going to attempt to get my life together. And so you start to clean up and then the, the relative on the couch is smoking and they're like, who do you think you are cleaning up? You know, because you're used to being in a certain state and they're used to seeing you in a certain state and you're on the same level as them, but you start to move up a level. And while you move up a level, you become, uh, you, well, you, you know, moving up that way creates a distance between you and the other person. And that distance acts as a judge to the other person who's lower on the rung. And that judge is, well, you know, if, if you're doing better than me, you know, there's that voice in me that's saying, well, you could do better, Brad. You're not doing enough to, to be where he is. And then it's like, oh God, yeah, you're right. Um, what can I do? Like maybe I can learn something from them, but sometimes those people don't want to learn. They want to stay where they are. And so they'll start to pull you under. And then you have more problems on your hands because now you're in a situation where the other person is trying to pull you under. And it's like, okay, now I have more problems. Uh, maybe I have to move now. I can't live with this person. And yeah, that's a legitimate concern. But that this is part of the adventure of growing. This is part of the, your life adventure. Like who knows how better things can be if you actually severed the ties with this person. Maybe because you're growing, you now realize that, well, now I see that this person has been a real weight for me. And maybe the other person actually encourages you and want, they want to change with you. And that happens too. But the growth within you comes from the winds of bypassing this internal voice that is telling you, who do you think you are? Uh, maybe you're not worthy. And so a great example of, of this is cold showers because you see that before you get into a cold shower, the voice does whatever it can to prevent you from going into pain and suffering. It wants to take the path of least resistance. But when you hop in the shower anyways and, and you say, I'm not listening to you, I'm going in anyways, you're creating a win. You're building upon a new circuit and you're showing yourself that even if the voice does come up, you don't have to listen to it. It doesn't have that much power after all. You thought you did before because you let it have power for so long. It doesn't have to have power. We see this in the movie Pinocchio. Jiminy Cricket, he is the conscience. But what is he like at the beginning of the movie? He's this underdeveloped tramp that stumbles upon the newly awakened puppet. And so this tramp who's spouting off nonsense that he doesn't understand or Pinocchio doesn't understand, but the blue fairy who's listening to him doesn't understand. He doesn't understand, but he's just spouting off things that he's just absorbed 
from culture, from society. And so as the movie progresses and as Pinocchio moves from puppet to a fully independent, autonomous individual, the cricket develops as well. It's like this... It's like this back and forth between the two. Pinocchio knows that he should go jump into the ocean to save his father from the belly of the whale. But the cricket is like, no, that's not a good idea. At, at the same time as he is helping Pinocchio tie a rock to his tail to jump into the ocean. So it's the voice is telling you not to do it. It's like this resistance, but you know that you should, that it's it's the path forward. And you take this giant leap of faith knowing that there's no other option but to jump. And then you jump. Like when you're confronting a panic attack, you know that this is the way to handle it. You stay and you confront your biggest fears. And when you overcome them, you know you see yourself in a different light. You see that you can survive something terrible. But at the beginning of it, the voice is telling you to run, to leave. But you're bypassing that voice. And you actually develop as you progress. And the voice becomes more of your friend the more you master that voice. But it first comes from your behaviors and your structure, having a fundamental structure to lean on as you move toward this North Star. And of course, this voice is going to torment you to death if you are sitting around at home eating cake and watching Netflix on for days on end, but the more you neglect the body from its natural elements, like a rat in a cage, the more it will collapse in onto itself. When you put a rat in a cage, you're isolating it, and it no longer is free to do what it naturally does. And so this lack and this isolation drives the rat into unnatural addictions, like the addiction to cocaine. It becomes easily addicted to cocaine to feel good, right? It's, it's this isolation that people endure today when they isolate themselves, play video games, watch Netflix, they're in, 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 go to work in, in jobs where they feel a huge sense of lack and they can't help but become addicted to these external means to numb, soothe, and distract from the root problems. And so you become your own tyrant, your own worst enemy, when you neglect the body from its natural elements. So people who project 
after hardships onto the world and yet continue to sleep in, eat processed foods, drink alcohol, do drugs, work a job they despise and remain in a toxic relationship and play an excess amount of video games. If only you began to sacrifice these behaviors that you hold on to, who knows how much better things will be for you. At the end of your life, will you look back on the amount of hours playing a game or the amount of, sh of shows you watched? Or will you look back on the adventures you only wished you went on but didn't out of fear? The tyrant is someone who keeps the state from progressing forward. They build up walls to the point where the flow of incoming information is blocked. Then they entertain their dark motives. But not just that, they don't believe in anything transcendent. That their intellect is of the highest virtue. Those that are resistant to self-criticism and growth beyond their parameters is stuck in their own tyranny. The voice that has become so dominant loses its power the more you stumble forward towards your aims out into the unknown. The queen of the underworld. This is another lesson I learned that changed how I perceived the world. The queen of the underworld. The queen of hearts in Alice in Wonderland says you have to run as fast as you can just to stay in the same spot. Just like cleaning your house or your room. To keep it clean is consistent work. You understand that. You miss one day and there's a pile of clothes, papers, dishes. To buttress yourself against chaos, we have to maintain the garden on a day-to-day -day basis. The garden of your mind and the garden of your room, your house. Constant awareness, constant care. You neglect it and the weeds start to grow. The weeds in your mind start to grow. The voice that tyrannizes you gets louder. Russell Brand, he says he has a morning routine of meditation, breath work, exercise, ice baths, just so he can feel normal. Without that, he knows that things can spiral real fast. He also won't live up to the standards he expects for himself and the standards his family expects of him. And lastly, I want to say, if your normal is living in mediocrity, then any real growth will be a huge accomplishment for you. Things will get better. Not 
right away, but a win can surprise you. And it can show that there's more to you than you thought. Dormant potential. It's there. We just have to access it. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast. Thank you, everyone, for your great comments. Please share the show if you find it valuable. I'd greatly appreciate it. Please rate and review the show. It's on iTunes and on Spotify. That's all you have to do on Spotify. If you're listening, just leave a quick review and rating. That's it. It takes two seconds and it'll help progress the podcast to more and more people who is suffering and who doesn't know about the podcast. Rise above anxiety. I will see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.